covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier. Welcome in, fans of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast. Zach Heilman in here, as always, alongside my good buddy, my good co-host, my good mysterious friend hiding in the shadows, Jim Bernier himself. Jim, come on out of there, will you? Well, I'm, I don't want to. Well, hey, we got a show to do, man. Ah, uh, fine. See, <laughs> see, see, there's an issue. There's a great philosopher out there called Bain. He's like, I live in the dark. I was adapted. I was born in it, you know? Mm-hmm. But anyways, I'm trying to lie, tell you where I'm at. Hey, hello, ladies and gentlemen, Jim Gay. I am on location in my driveway today, so that's where I'm at today. Uh, <laughs> great studio. Great studio. Um, but yeah, uh, episode 25. Sorry, it's, we, we did say we're going weekly last time, I think. We jumped the gun a little bit early. I do apologize, but man, we got a loaded next couple of weeks. We got loaded content coming for you guys. And it's everything's picking up. The, the, the runway to the season starts now for us. So we will, yeah. that is now going to be committed weekly starting to starting this show. Mm-hmm. Just for those that are listening, you will, you don't have to keep asking, when are we going to get the next episode? Trust me every week. Now you're, yeah, you're going to get every week. one going into the season. And of course, through August, when we continue on into Correct. 2022, NAL season. Um, Jim, while we're starting up here, we got some uh, new details, new things we're going to be doing with the show for this year. Mm-hmm. Um, as for last episode, we were on YouTube now. So this is another YouTube edition, which yeah. means we're trying to pump up that group of people. We we're, we want you to check out our video versions. We love you Unfortunately, to subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> if you can, if you go and check us out by looking up Inside the Walls on YouTube and hit that subscribe button. Follow us at at in walls pod on your favorite pod on your favorite social platforms. That is, and we're doing giveaway milestones for the subs in terms of getting on YouTube. So how is this going to work for every hundred subs? We're doing a different tier giveaway of sorts right now. So mm-hmm. first 100 subs right now for YouTube. We're going to be doing a two-ticket giveaway valuing between 10 to $25 to your game of choice. And it goes up gradually every 100 going up to 300 at the max. So 200 subs, 30 to $45 tickets. 300 maxed out, 50 to 60 So right now we're trying to get to those first 100, and we'll keep on promoting that as we go until we uh, cap out, if you will, at our giveaways. Mm-hmm. But Pretty exciting stuff. We're already a quarter of the way to the first giveaway. Once we hit 100, we'll randomly draw during the show that we hit 100 subs, and you could be winning some tickets. And there's one stipulation. You must mm-hmm. follow Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or one of our four social sites. You have to prove it to us. Yes. If you prove that to ZR, you're in the, you're in the random draw. You will announce it on the show, and then you have... I don't know, a week to get the whole of us and you ask what game you want. And if you're not in the area of an NAL team, let's say you live in Wisconsin or Montana, only reason why I said those two states, because we have listeners there, um, even Oregon, any NAL hat, any team that's in that value of that area, that range can happen. So honestly, we get 300 followers, subscribers on Facebook and or YouTube, whatever, wherever my soul gets hit. In the very last stage, three, and you can't make it to a game, you might get a jersey because that's how much those things cost. Um, yeah. But it's only a jersey. You're not getting two tickets. You well, we're, we're trying to get you guys to go enjoy NAL football, uh, the best arena league in the nation. 
um, arena is key. Um, but yeah, that's the thing is just help us. Um, unfortunately, the recording situation is different today, but hey, we're live we're here on YouTube. Um, and we did kind of hype John Bain this week. Unfortunately, schedules got a little tight, a little mixed. He will be on our show in later couple of weeks, but we still have some other great guests coming. Gaz and Levesque and Gaz up in Albany are next week. The week after that is Aiden, who directed Inside the Lines, uh, Columbus documentary. Warren Smith Jr. are all upcoming guests. And, of course, Jonathan Bain, all upcoming guests here on Inside the Walls podcast. So we're the road to week one is going to be incredible. And plus, we have freaking training camps are about to start. So a lot of NAL action is about to pick up. But we have some news to touch up on that happened about two weeks ago that made a lot of fans, especially in the National Arena League, question the desperation of a, hate to say it, a city that has been completely disrespected for their football team, a proud tradition for their in Washington. Yeah, we, we got to real quickly touch on it, mm-hmm. and it's mostly because we've been asked about it, you know, just kind of its effect and how serious it was. Um, for those that aren't in the know in the arena and indoor community, the Spokane Shock are no, at least they aren't existing right now. They aren't part of the IFL. Uh, they had their they had their franchise basically stripped from the league uh, for failing certain protocols, certain requirements mm-hmm. that were asked of them. Um, some reports coming out of the area were talking about failed payments and other issues with employment. Um, and one of those reports was that the NAL was going to be at least uh, brought to the table. At least the, the Spokane Shock ownership was going to bring their team to the table and say, hey, can we join the NAL? And, well, it was flat out denied because uh, – Let's be honest. It was kind of it was kind of ridiculous for many reasons. One, you know, some of us are already we already talked to you about how we wonder. Some people ask how San Antonio will deal with travel costs. I would very much ask the same thing with Spokane for even more reasons for the fact that they have to cover that. Also, if we're having money issues already, the NAL has been doing extensive behind the scenes vetting and different practices to try and do better at bringing organizations that are quality and set up. They have gone through many a lumps. I know that the community has talked about this for, you know, it's first several years. You know, they, they've talked about it themselves. They want to get away from that stigma of dropping organizations. This just wouldn't help that. There flat out would be a terrible decision that way. It wasn't going to happen. It seemed ridiculous when it was even announced. And of course it didn't happen. And so that's all she wrote. Well, it honestly, the Spokane shot, the organization, the city, when it was in the Arena Football League, that place was jam-packed. They had great fans there. Had some, I think the quarterback back in the day was Rowley when they won the Arena Bowl. So they have traditions of winning. Problem is, is the owner of the Spokane Shock, this is not his first rodeo, and this is not the first time he's been in this situation. Um, he's had previous workings with the National Arena League, and they both ended in bad, bad ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel bad for the city of Spokane. I feel bad for the shock. Honestly, they're a great organization. I loved them when they came to Jackson when the AFL. It's great matchups, um, especially when you schedule a team. You look at your schedule and you go, "Oh, we play Spokane this year." Yeah, is it in Jacksonville or is it crap? Is it Jack? It's in Spokane. That's a loss. Um, they had a great fan base, and I just feel bad for the organization. But to end that question, the thing about the Spokane. Um, I think it was WKRN, the news neck, the Fox station there in Spokane, said that 
the Sam Adams. I said, I think Sam Adams is his Sam name. Sam Adams, who's the owner. Uh, reached owner. out to the NAL to see if they could play in the NAL. Well, I'm just going to tell you this from the people I've talked to. Um, the phone was ringing, and it went straight to voice from the <laughs> NAL. Like, I, I, I mean, I don't disagree. Like I, like I said, you burn bridges, it, man. Well, I mean, it's been a it's been a few weeks already, to say the least, with this story. Yeah. But like. Again, it just seemed ridiculous when it was even introduced that they was going to be talked about, no. and I, I don't blame them. Like I and, wouldn't, I would want nothing to do no. with that. And they, they, they knew it. That's why this, this didn't happen. You know, well, because honestly, you, you can literally have another episode like the extreme, or the lightning, yeah. Baltimore, or Tampa Bay uh, tornadoes located in Lincoln, Florida. Uh, you're going to have, you can have those issues, and people we've talked to. Um, the NHL is done with that. They are not dealing with people, owners that think this is just a, you know, a toy. They want owners that are actually committed to running an organization to produce quality football for fans and a stable community. And even though San Antonio might be out of reach where people talk about the driving expenses and travel expenses, at least they have an ownership group that is going full bore who wants to make a, Hey, we're the underdog. We know we're the underdog, and they're proving it. Right. And I mean, well, look, we've we've talked about how we're we don't know the, we don't know fully that we yeah. expect them to perform. You know, I know that mm-hmm. that's our been our status quo. Some you know, for folks maybe listening, going, hey, yeah, you know, we rank them low on terms of like roster scale and all that. But look, ownership wise, like we've had we've had nothing but good to say in terms of what we've talked about or in interactions yeah. with San Antonio. They're dedicated. I love, I love the, yeah. what they've done. Hector so is far. a great individual. Uh, we had him on our show a couple of weeks ago, or a couple of months ago. A couple of months ago. Uh, at this point, yeah. Yes, yeah, it's a couple of months ago. But uh, we found out, <laughs> honestly, that they actually have a podcast out there um, that mm-hmm. kind of called us out a little bit, kind of just a little bit. They didn't mention the name, um, but it just it, it's pretty cool that they have a podcast that covers their stuff. Which is cool. I love more podcasts about the indoor game. Um, I don't. I don't care if it's IFL or CIF indoor game. Um, they kind of called us out because we've kind of labeled them as the underdog. Um, I do apologize, uh, but you are a new team, and but I think later in the show we're doing our uh, updated power rankings uh, before pre pretty much because all these player signs we got updated. We got we teased it a little bit on the Twitter account. Oh boy. Let's let's just let's just say to put everything to rest with Spokane first. Just hopefully they get everything at situated. Um, best thing they can do, honestly. Um, the owner should sell the team, and someone else needs to pick it up and put it back. That's my opinion about it. Um, but getting back to San Antonio, that power ranking. The reason why we keep putting it down low is like we look at your team. We know you got Brooks. Uh, Name pronounces mispronounces last name Olivia David Olivia I think is his quarter the quarterback's name. Um, and we look at Phil Barnett. He's he's a uh, recognizable arena football player. Played at Tampa Bay Storm. A lot of people forget that he played two seasons in Carolina. Then he went to Albany. Um, you guys have a little squad building, but earlier this week, uh, you guys San Antonio traded for future considerations to the San Antonio or to the Albany Empire for David Pendell and yeah. for the, for our arena fans out there, you should, we all know David Pendell back and quarterback for the Albany empire 
played in fan control football last year, played in the XFL's backup to um, Flowers in Tampa, I think it was. He was backup in the Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay Vipers. I don't know if that – that doesn't sound correct to me. No, I... no, 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 no. He, he was going to go to the XFL. That might be wrong, but we do know he played fan control football. We do know he played for the Albany Empire. Um, let's just say that your quarterback rankings improved because David Pendell is a type of he. I'm going to tell you right now, San Antonio fans, right now, Jim Renier, diehard Jacksonville Sharks fan, a established franchise in football, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, David Pendell gives you four wins automatically. Out of a 12-game season, that's four and eight. You find a way to stick two wins somewhere else, six and six, your playoff team, especially with only six teams in the post in the, in the league this year. Um, so that's how Pendell's good. And I'm pretty excited that he's going to be in San Antonio. Him and Philip Barnett already have a connection from their San, uh, to their Albany days. It's going to be, it's going to improve. I think it was a interesting trade. Um, and for me, I thank God I'm not Orlando or Columbus. We don't have to see them the first two weeks. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. Uh, you're going to see a guy who's very mobile, has a rocket of an arm, and he has a nice touch on the football, too. So he is going to be a – I know you guys love David, but I think Pendell, um, the Debbie Pendell, is going to be the starting quarterback. Olivia, I think that's his last name. I might be pronounced. David Olvera is what – Olvera, is okay. Is. Yeah, I think he batting extra eye is what we're yeah. having, so oh. apologies. My um, apologies, so, uh, but, yes. but, but, yeah, uh, San Antonio, we're showing you all the love right now. Um, but right now, Pindell is a great addition, and he's going to make that quarterback room more stable right now. And don't be shocked if he's day one starter. If he is, he gives you four wins on Mac. Because uh, I, I think, think he's he, – that's my opinion. See, I think that's why he was traded there. You know, mm-hmm. I, I know, no offense to Chris Jeffrey or David Olvera there, but uh, I, I mean, I, I think that's why. You know, you, you got those pieces that you're familiar with. You got someone that's been in the arena game – that I think is at least in terms of a few seasons, few seasons now. Whether it's the NAL as a backup, whether it's mm-hmm. you know getting that FCF experience, which I mean, credit folks that follow the FCF. Yes, it's not it's not even indoor, it's not arena. It's it's a weird Frankenstein creation of something that is similar to it. But like three on three. But I mean that basketball he, league three on three. Right, exactly. But well, look, even with even with the NAL's limit on scramble ability, the way it's the the way the rules design are designed to limit that ability for QBs to get out of the pocket, you know that's still a weapon. You know that's still a viable piece. And Dave and you know David does have an arm. He does have yeah. a cannon. Um, I think you're, that's going to be a significant upgrade for the Gunslingers. Um, I still find this fascinating. His journey to this point because you know man was signed on. He was pretty much hyped up as the like early on as the guy returning to Albany as yeah. like the, you know, it was looking like he was like starter type of hype. Like, look, who's coming back. It's David mm-hmm. Pindell. And then Mike faithful gets signed. I was like, all right, now it's competition. And then yeah. you hear about news going, he's going to Massachusetts. It's like, well, wait a second. So he's going to mass. And you know, we talked on the last show about he's going to, or one of the last shows where it's like, he's going to Massachusetts. He's got to compete with uh Benefield over there. Who's been a diehard starter for a minute. And then it's announced he's in the USFL draft pool and he's got a contract. And like, okay, now that's up for grabs and play. And then both those drafts go pass by. And now he's back here. And now his rights are traded to San Antonio. And we're going, okay. <laughs> hey, yeah. 
whatever whatever works for you <laughs> because i mean be honest san antonio gives a gives you a best opportunity to get some film young man mm-hmm. that's going to give you your chance and, to get in there and play and, and a lot of san antonio fans if you're trying to so dig into pendell's career he was the back of quarterback to maybe the greatest quarterback to ever play in the arena football that's tommy grady no not tom brady tommy grady uh, I do. I did kind of tease, made fun of that earlier this week, where it's like Tom's back. Oh, Tom's the other back. Tom. <laughs> um, but yeah, he uh, he played under Tommy Grady, who's one of the greatest or the greatest quarterback who ever played the game. Uh, there's you know, there's a couple guys out there. There's a debate there, but yeah, yeah, you know, like Aaron it. Garcia, uh, Bonner, and mm-hmm. Nick Delavia over in uh, Arizona back in the day. Not the IFL type player. He was in arena football, yeah. um, but. He has experience, and usually young guys under experienced quarterbacks like Tommy Grady develop a skill in the arena game. Uh, let's just say when he played against the Jackson Sharks last week of the season, he had five possessions and he threw four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty good. That's yeah. and it wasn't no blow. It was oh he back a quarterback going in the game. This game was competitive. It was a one score one possession game, and Noss like you're out there. Yeah, they wrapped up the number one seed. Yes, that's kind of you say rest of the team. Uh, you know, resting the quarterback, but still he came in and Albany did not miss a step and that he still led them to the victory. And he's going to do well in San Antonio. I think the game plan, how they're building, I don't know what San Antonio, I've watched a lot of their AAL games um, and I'm trying to like see what type of style they do. But what one thing I noticed is last, I don't think it's the same office coordinator, may be wrong. Um, they do a lot of shotgun in San Antonio. Maybe that's because it's the, the rule set in the AAL. Um, and you know, we did see a couple of shotguns in the NAL last year. Uh, Mason was in shotgun a lot for Columbus mm-hmm. for a lot, couple of games. But notoriously, it's you know under the under the center, and it's right. three step drop and got to get the ball going. It's not like the IFL you're shotgun, you throw well, the yeah, ball. Well, you're not. You aren't yeah. doing you aren't doing RPOs like crazy. Yeah. It's very much more quick dropbacks, quick quick distribution, yeah. or you're setting up for the long bomb, or mm-hmm. you're getting your big big rumbling running back that should be a lineman in some leagues, you know, getting going up the middle or something like yeah. that. So but I think me and you both agree that this trade was made to make Pendell the start. Yeah. I think that's yeah. if I educated guess, And I mean, obviously we'll, it, we, once we elaborate and get more mm-hmm. on that, it, it's sounding like it. I would take a stab at that. That's why this trade went down. Well, no, April 23rd at seven o'clock. Or oh, eight sure. o'clock, I mean, wherever the kickoff yeah, time is. Well, worst case scenario, we'll know then. But yeah, you know, knowing knowing you and I, mm-hmm. we'll get that clarified soon. And 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 we got more clarification about Orlando. It's EJ Hilliard, and yes. I did some research on EJ Hilliard. Homeboy has a credible award streak in the IFL. Now he's in the NAL. No, he does. He um, does. So Orlando, ah, uh, what? Lonnie Outlaw, Beavers, and EJ Hill. Man, Orlando looks pretty scary good now too. No, I mean I I've been be competitive league, dude. I'm just saying. Oh, I mean <laughs> I think it is. I mean now credit with six teams. You know I think we had this we had this conversation our first, with our mm-hmm. first season. Like you're guaranteed to have that more. I think to have a better competitive year with six teams well knit. Obviously yeah. the league you want to see it expand. You want to get more options Correct. available. It is the National Arena League after all. So eventually, yeah. you know, San Antonio is technically moving out there. Yeah. Uh, nonetheless, it is going to be a competitive season. 
to say the least. And, you know, definitely pickups like that are, are part of the reason Hilliard, you know, I, I think after our last few shows, I've definitely looked into him as well. Um, yes, he, he has the numbers to back it up and the, of course, profession and this legal, I think, get, you know, the NAL being more traditional arena have better for the passing set. So, you know, it's not less of the, not less of the, I have to do running out of necessity because mm-hmm. I'm trying to run a traditional offense. It's, Oh, I could sling the rock most plays. Oh, sweet. Well, let's, let's see what we can distribute this to, you know, that, yeah, that's one. There's been, there's been mobile quarterbacks have been very successful in the national Green league. Uh, Bernard mm-hmm. Morris, who played for the Jacksonville sharks and Montgomery steel, the Orlando predators. And you can go all the way back to, uh, Back in the day with uh, Chris Leak, even quarterbacks, yeah, Chris Leak, former quarterback for the Florida Gators, played night in the Arena League for a couple of years. He was very mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, mobile quarterbacks do have success in the National Arena League uh, arena game period. As you know, the NAL is more set to the original AFL rules than what IFL is, but it's hard. A lot of the quarterbacks in the NAL are guys who are pocket quarterbacks and people who know how to play the ball. And there's a couple. Last year, Warren Smith Jr. led the NAL in rushing yards for quarterbacks. Yeah. So, and well, Jersey did a lot of read options out of the, I don't know how they did it, but did a, lot of, a lot of jet sweeps too. That's one thing yeah. I remember with Jersey last season. It, you know, they didn't... It's not common, but it's not rare. So you will, you'll see quarterbacks running. So when people said the quarterbacks don't run a lot in the NAL, they do. It's just, it's not when you picture a scrambling quarterback, you don't, tend to look in the NAL you look at the other leagues. Correct. I mean, yeah, the, that of the CIF is where you generally are leaning towards mm-hmm. when you find find that type of stuff. But, I mean, I don't know, Hilliard's got – I mean, Hilliard, you're saying he's got some weapons. Like, Lonnie Outlaw is a good one. You know, they picked up Paris Mack more recently. Yes. Um, you know, who's Big had addition. His, you know, had his stints with Columbus and Jacksonville. He's had some success in both. And they got enlisted as a full, as a receiver DB for that option. But, you know, he's going get to get his touches too. Um, you got a uh, Quan Alfred who's listed there as well for Orlando. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they got, they got pieces and I think, you know, more and more as we're doing more shows and figuring this more out, cause this, again, this is, this is the year that they're doing Iron Man. So, you know, talking to folks outside of this and, you know, folks in the league where it's like, remember, don't look just on paper. We gotta, you gotta analyze what the positions are that they're trying to fill. Do these guys fit best with two position spots? Cause the specialists are in play, you know? And then we talk with others that are like, they talk about, you know, the teams that have attacked on stars. Like, well, remember, mm-hmm. we can also do rotating in players and we got to great at, at getting our, basically our lines, you know, talking like hockey terms in a way. So everyone's got a different strategy yeah. this year. So like, we're also trying to pin out like who's, the, what strategy is where, you know, like Albany. Albany's definitely loading up on star talent and it's more, it's it looking like it's more of, We'll see how we rotate in guys in and out. Carolina, yeah. it's looking similar-ish deal. Yeah. Orlando yeah. and Columbus building arena teams with Iron Man focuses. Yeah. You know, that's kind well, of what it's looking like. You can look at Albany's roster right now. They're, what it looks like their mindset is like, okay, stop this. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to be the team that's like, we're, our goal, we're going to score 80 points on you. Your goal is going to try to score 90 to beat us. Now, you look at teams like Jackson on their hand, they're getting more of an arena-based Ironman rule. They have guys who can yeah. play both positions, and they're slowly – like they, this, they added Veal, which is a great addition that happened two weeks ago. Uh, or last – yeah, two weeks ago. So it was in the last two weeks since our last show. 
Uh, and they also brought a veteran guy, Devin Wilson, back to the NAL leading receiver uh, back. So you got to mm-hmm. get your guy. And you got Warren Smith and you got Malik Henry, who played with a played Fresno or Frisco last year. Yep. I always want to say Fresno. I don't, is there a team out in Fresno? <laughs> no, um, not, I mean, not, nothing of the big three. But <laughs> um, So Jacksonville has a – they're bringing back guys who are – they have arena experience, but also they're building – They if you look at the guys who play on offensive line, they're not the big, bulky, you know, big dudes you see. You see guys who, okay, they can play a D-line or a D-tackle. So Jackson's building off in a team like that. Columbus is the same way. Uh, Orlando is doing the same way. But you can tell the difference of how Carolina and Albany are building their teams. Carolina's coming off as we're going to be very defensive. We're going to stop you. And, yeah, we have weapons. We have, you know, Jonathan Bain and DJ Myers and Kendrick Angs. They have a squad. but. Yeah. They look like they're more defensive this year, and I won't be surprised that they. I don't want to surprise if Carolina at the end of the year has the best defense by stats in the league. Well, they got Kenny Veal back too. I, I was, I was, I was waiting to see if mm-hmm. they would have him back. Sure enough, signed back no. on. Veal went to Jackson. Right, that's what we're talking. Oh, I'm talking about Carolina's defense. <laughs> well, in that case, we can talk Trayvon Shorts. Oh, and and uh, yes, yes. Yeah, we got another guy too, uh, veteran NAL AFL defensive back, uh, uh, Mishan the Pitbull Robinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy's been everywhere. He's been all Carolina. He's been in Orlando. He's been in Jack. He was in Jacksonville for, I think, five seasons in the AFL NAL uh, switch. Uh, veteran. Um, he's getting up there in age, um, but the guy makes some big plays when you need a big play from the DB. And, right. Right. and okay, and you got. Freaking homeboy from Albany designed to go to Carolina. He's going to lock down that jack for the Mac. So Carolina is loaded up on defensive players. And they just hired uh, Long, I think, is as their DB coach. Yeah. So they have they have a former player, recent former player, coaching. So that coach Red or coach uh, Rez, honestly, he ain't messing around this year. A, uh-uh, this ain't two, <laughs> this ain't 2021 first four weeks of the season. Well, he ain't messing around this year. Well, I'm talking. That's what's. Uh, that's what you call building on last year. You know, a momentum is how I see it. You know, why? Why? I mean, even with the arena, even with the uh, Ironman rules, like, hey, I'm gonna build up. I did what I did last year, final weeks of the season, invested my my team with some free agent pickups that bolstered my playoff chances and got Correct. me in. And I'm just like, all right, we're gonna get back to our championship ways that we were 2018, dominating Carolina Cobras offense with a bruising defense on the opposite side is what I get. And, you know, more these signings, like I said, Robinson was a good one. And I think you gave me, you gave me plenty more insight. You being the Jacksonville guy, you are, mm-hmm. you know, with this one, um, that one, I think that one really wide my eyes. Like I said, I loved Tra- Trayvon shorts last year in Albany. You know, he was, he did an excellent job as at a spot in the linebacking duties, uh, second on the team in tackles, all NAL player, you know, his rookie year in the NAL, I mean, came out to play, you know, they, you know, Manas and crew signed on a, you know, mm-hmm. very much a very talented linebacker and Carolina's getting that guy. Now he was going to, he was in that pool with the USFL. And I was thinking, you know, I was looking at arena guys. You were looking at arena guys. I thought he was going to get there. So I was kind of surprised he's back here to be, be Frank, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't want to get in that USFL. It's just to disrespect the indoor game. Gets yeah, I mean, to we outside. Had, we had just... I mean, there were, there were like, there were a few. Well, the, the offensive linemen. You got an offensive lineman from Orlando that went. Uh, but 
Grant not getting into the USFL? Like, that guy's a stud. Um, Darius Prince was rumored to be in the pool. Uh, I don't know if it was actually official. Mm-hmm. Um, surprised he wasn't looked at. Uh, but yeah, there's some, and Orlando, I think, have their line, back linebacker, I think Bessie is his last name. Uh, number 56 was in there. There, Orlando had a couple guys on, yeah. And it's, it's just, it's for me who loves the indoor game, there's so much talent in the indoor game. It just, just makes me mad that they get overlooked every single situation. But it, ha- I think it, ha- it's, <laughs> it happens. I think, um, you know, now credit, I think we're folks like us and, I think certain yeah. leagues are trying to change that, you know, get it back to a more prominent status like the AFL days, you know. But that does that is going to take a little bit of time, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So you can all you can do is just keep on keep on moving on. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, one thing I will say, um, just kind of what we said the lineman himself, Deshaun Dixon is who we're talking about. Oh, yeah. That did make it to the USFL, which that's. He'll be repping for the Predators. The Predators even congratulated him on social when that happened on draft night. So, you know, glad to see somebody from the league moving on mm-hmm. and getting their shot. Happy to see that. Um, and, yeah, I mean, <laughs> hopefully the league keeps on bringing up stars and talent that can move forward. With, Correct. You know, kind of pulling, and, carrying that flag. Yeah, and it's not it's not a disrespect like, oh, man, you went to USFL. How dare you? Bro, if you go to USFL, oh, go, go, go make your money. Go. Go shine. That, that that's what that's what these leagues are about, and the disgrace that these leagues get, especially the IFL and CIF. Like, oh, it's an indoor game. It's not real football. Yeah. What did you say? Oh, it's not real football. What was the last word you said? Football. Oh, so it is football. Just saying. <laughs> Technicalities. It's all. Yeah. It's all that it is. It's just indoor. It's like, well, no, it's it's have football in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's also, got- one thing I get, you know. It gets me mad is the indoor game, especially look at the outdoor game. I'm not going to bash your Chicago Bears, but like Cody Parkey, you know, you're hitting the uprights, big up goalposts. Like, why are there more indoor kickers not in the game? Like, they goalposts are so much smaller to kick through. And, oh, I know, I know. Like, I, it's just aggravating. I mean, I I will say I think that I think more and more you're seeing because that's just how these leagues have gone. There's no rebound mm-hmm. nets right now in any of them, so. I think slowly but surely that investment's getting there. I mean, uh, heck, I know one team definitely learned its lesson last year, and they uh, they aren't messing around. They they picked up one of the best guys that we were that we were also waiting to see where he would land. If you, I thought he'd go. That's another guy I thought that maybe would make the USFL just because of uh, you know how he's been doing in arena. Mister uh, Craig Leg Peterson, we learned uh, thanks to your snooping, as I understand, um, <laughs> he is going to Columbus. Me? So, no. <laughs> no, you? <laughs> yeah, so Mr. Craig Peterson's going to Columbus now, shoring up a team that, if we're talking about, as much as I hate to say it, we're talking about weaknesses for the Lions last year. Something will, yeah. That did kill them, at least at point, in terms of their matchups against Albany. Yeah, that's uh, you're recruiting the guy that that really did hurt you a lot of times in those two in those three meetups. Uh Craig does. Craig can hit your deuces. Craig can hit your extra points consistently. Guy's got the arena dimensions of that field goal of those goalposts mm-hmm. down to to his science. I don't think you're gonna he, have any problems in that department. Yeah. He was the best kicker in the NAL all year long. Uh, TC uh, Stevens had a better second half uh, than him, but Craig the leg in the NAL championship is the reason why when your team scores a touchdown and 
you're getting nine points every trip, except for just seven. That that gets to you, and I think from if I remember correctly, I think it's either six to nine points that were left on the board by Columbus, um, based on what Albany was doing because Columbus was matching them with Columbus. I think had more touchdowns than them in the game and lost. Yeah, <laughs> that that was that was what was nuts is like you know that we had the you remember that exchange back back and forth how it was going with Columbus and Albany in that first half really was a fun entertaining game overall but yeah. that first half people remember a lot it's just that you know the Lions they could not convert their extra points it kept on biting oh. them as that went on I mean credit they um, they ran out of gas second half was what really happened but yeah you got to still be able to keep up. <laughs> You know, you got to be able to kind of stay in striking distance. Eventually, those add up. I and it led into a touchdown, almost a touchdown deficit of extra yeah, yeah. points and points left off the table because they were because then they had eventually gone to two point conversions. One of those failed. It just compiles. Yeah. So get your get yourself a guy that can land you some kicks. That's what Craig's here for. And that that they they learned their lesson. That's why I'm saying is they learned their yeah. lesson from last year. They're not going to make the same mistakes. They got the MVP quarterback returning. Mm-hmm. Who, trust me, you just give him a receiver to throw to. He's going to get deliver the ball accurately and on a dime. You get that touchdown from him. You get your guys that are that are reliable on the opposite side, like Desmond Reese. Yeah. Just kick the field goals and get those deuces. And it's also, good. off the of kickoffs, if he doesn't hit the deuce, the guy's not afraid to lay a hat. No. I've seen some videos of him laying the hat on people. I'm like, he's a kicker. Mm-hmm. And usually, if you're a DB and you're going for the end zone, you get mopped by a kicker that's embarrassing and <laughs> Craig, Craig Pearson Craig's... he 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 hit sticks him he's like he's going up to that wall he's trying to do that 2000 arena football game trying to knock you over the wall um he will he will there's videos of him doing that in the arena game you know when you play for an AFL we played for uh, the, the destroyers and the, that's, yeah, destroyers. that's that was my introduction to him actually is uh through that team because that I love I went to a game and watched him play it wasn't the one that he demolished someone on a return but uh that definitely was like hello and <laughs> nice to meet yeah. you who are you <laughs> no he was really good he's been really good in the afl and he's he's been great in the nal as well mm-hmm. like you know dude is dude's delivered you know yeah like well, like we stated before albany and columbus last year were even they were mm-hmm. e- both teams are even what they were different the difference between the two teams was special teams and that cost the game Yes, that's why Albany is the 2021 NAL champions, and Columbus has just been to three cha- championship games without a trophy. Uh, special teams is big, a big factor in the in-ring game. Yes, it, no, absolutely. Now, what I'm, I'm actually curious now, since because I thought my thought was if Craig didn't go to the USFL, mm-hmm. I thought that Albany would come a knocking again. NBA, oh yeah, that makes you want to come. You want to come back. And so far, now this is just based on the websites again, and I just off recollections of anything. I'm not very aware of who their kicker is right now. Um, that well, is Jacksonville a, doesn't have a kicker. I mean, I know that those spots can get filled last yeah. minute enough. You, you know, the sign off the street guy, but you know, Albany. I mean, Craig's even from that area. I was mm-hmm. kind of shocked that that hat went down. Maybe you know someone, as we've been hearing, someone offers a bit more or yeah. certain situations. Well, there is no, you there is no cap for somebody. You want to go play yeah. for someone too, like yeah. a Jason, like a Jason Gibson. So, you know, uh, that kind of shocked me a little bit. But you know, Columbus gets their guy. 
you know, Albany will address it when that time comes. Mm-hmm. You know, I there's gonna, also, be, there's gotta be a plan there. And also, we didn't mention his name on this podcast because apparently we recruit players to teams. We've done it in Carolina, and now we've done it in Albany. Coach Manos, um, <laughs> <laughs> you get uh, Coach Manos was on a uh, the Levesque and Gaz podcast a couple of weeks ago. I was listening to our, our good friends up there in Albany. And Manos literally said, I was listening to a podcast, and they said Antoine Grant. And I'm like, there's only one podcast out there that talked about Antoine Grant that week, and that was us. So, Manos, uh, we would like to get a scouting um, payment, please. Uh, <laughs> but but thank you, Coach, for still listening to the program, bud. But, yeah, it, I was surprised Craig didn't get signed, and now that he's in Columbus, it's a, it, he's a weapon. Like I was talking right. to Mason Espinosa, who is a friend of the show, uh, we are very constant communications. Uh, he he told me, uh, like, man, Craig's not just a kicker. He's a weapon. And I was like, yeah, that's what Albany used him. He wasn't just a kicker. He was a weapon. And when your kicker is a weapon in the indoor game, you're going to win a lot of football games because he's giving you that extra three points after every touchdown. And yeah. nine plus nine to seven is two-point differential. That does add up after a couple of possessions. And for Columbus – who's been – I think they've had like two seasons where their kicker was just an issue. Because I think two years ago they had their kicker go out with injury. Last year they had a offensive lineman kick for two games. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, from from what I've heard, we're going to see that in the documentary coming up, Inside the Lines. I think it starts in April again. Great series. If you haven't seen it, ladies and gentlemen, go on YouTube, the Columbus oh, Lions on YouTube, watch episode one, episode two. You get to see the inside of the arena, basically, of this, what the team is. And this really, you know – this is like it's literally like Friday Night Lights, but in my opinion better um, because there's some crazy stuff that happens, especially the next episodes come out about luggage locked in the car in Jersey. It's gonna be interesting. Uh, but yeah, for overall, Columbus getting the addition of the kicker for Columbus makes him a weapon, and you already have the MVP and the best. I'm gonna say it because he's a friend of the show, it's not because he's a friend of the show. So Mason, don't get cocky with this. From what I've seen so far this week and all the football, especially inside the arenas, Mason's still the best quarterback in the game right now. Feels yeah. that way. Yeah, I would that's, I would that's if that's if Brady is about nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, who's that in Arizona? Brady? Where the heck is he playing? <laughs> but uh, but no, uh try to get WB a little act. But yeah, um I think Mason he is the best quarterback in the league. I think he's the best quarterback in the indoor game right now, unless, but there's still half IFL to play yet. But that's to why I've seen this last weekend. Yeah, it's hands down, he's the best one. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I think when we do our power rings here in just a minute, you know, like I said, you, you add, you have your, you have your NAL MVP from last year. Now mm-hmm. you got, you know, arguably could have been any, you know, the top NAL, all NAL team kicker last we year. We thought. Besides, I mean, hey, I thought like TC Stevens makes a good argument, but I, I I was surprised Craig didn't jump over. But to each their own. They vote on these. The league votes on these things their before own the way. playoffs. You so, know, yeah. so yes, before the playoffs too. You know, no no dis no dissing to TC Stevens because dude is also an excellent kicker mm-hmm. in terms of hitting the deuce. And the kid Bur- was it Burns and Orlando? Well, Dylan Dylan Barnos. Over Barnos. in Orlando, that talk about someone that was a later signing local kid came in. They re-signed him this year. They saw his talent last season and went, mm-hmm. "Yeah, we're not letting him go if he's available." Um, 
you know, yeah. good kickers in in arena are definitely not a dime a dozen. They are most, they are a most, luxury. Most likely, Jackson was going to get Brandon Bear back. I He's a local have, guy. I would have so. thought, as long as he wants to play, I would think they yeah. get that done. If he says, know? "Coach, I want to play," Jackson's like, "Here, right." Like, well, now, he's, think think of this way too, Jim. Every the big, I say the big three again. For those who don't realize, I'm talking the CIF, IFL, NAL. The big three, all of them have a point rule in terms of kickoffs in some shape or form. You got the you get the under two minutes rule in the in the IFL, where if you hit it to a t- hit from across in a kickoff, that's a deuce. Uh, you got the NAL's deuce rule, and in the CIF, it's the Uno rule. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, all, all the leagues, they you know, it's a it's, it's an offensive strategy for mm-hmm. special teams. So you want to get someone that is a professional like that. You know, three like we now know three teams off the top of our head that are like, okay, they got guys that we know can nail these things on a consistent basis. If Bear comes back, that's four of the six right off the top, right off the top of the cuff. Yeah, and one th- and one thing I noticed, I, I don't know who the kicker is for Mass. Um, this past week in the IFL, he was pretty decent, but uh, Ricky Aguayo for Fresno or Fresco Fighters. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, man, it, he was everywhere, Mike. That was a uh, yeah. I mean, while we're waiting for our for the NAL to play, we're watching the other leagues, and that was that was something too. There was some there's some wide lefts. Wide right, like I, I think it was in Quad City, Sioux City, or uh, not Sioux. Was that Sioux? We had Sioux City play. You had Sioux City play Topeka in the CIF. You had oh, Quad okay. City play the Sioux Falls Storm. S- Sioux Falls. That game. <laughs> that game. There was a field goal attempt. I forgot who was kicking it, and it literally went two yards downfield and forty yards into the stands. Well, if you're like, watching, well, if you're watching Quad it. City, Quad City, they couldn't get the. Uh, get the snap offs for their extra points the entire game they're, they're kicking in like uh, the, the, the goal post is that way not mm-hmm. that way that way and yes. i'm like i feel bad for the kickers and like i'm not bashing the ifl but it was bad football this weekend in the ifl just saying well yeah i mean that that's a whole nother story but, it, yeah. but to add to your point like yeah kicking we you know if you thought it was already hard to find consistently good ones in outdoor leagues Indoor, it is much more on a focus. Yeah, because you're not. It's not like kickers in the NFL where you can miss four or five field goals, mm-hmm. maybe two in a game, and you still have your job. In the in arena game, you miss three field goals. Uh, you're not even getting back in the locker. Co- the coaches of these teams are like, "You take your left right over there. You're, you're done." Right. Like like we were talking about with Barnas, you know they you know the Predators had uh, Jorge Leon mm-hmm. to start the year. He was not doing the job, so Barnes coming in and basically solidifying. I mean, guy was not like I said, guy was knocking down deuces on a regular basis. I think his first kick, the first kickoff was a deuce to start mm-hmm. off his career in Orlando, and yeah. I think I, I want to say that was either against Jersey or Jacksonville when he first had his first game, and it was just like the guy didn't. Miss anything. It's like he was making everything. I want to say it was Jax. I'm pretty Probably. sure it was Jacksonville that second matchup. Yeah, it was, it was like the only game of the, of the week. That was like a week five or week six of last year. So, yeah, it was a pivotal playoff switch game that turned out to be not really pivotal for the game. At the time, it was, but not as oh, sure. progressive. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. Tell you what, Jim. Yeah. Talking about talking about playoffs, talking about our ranks. Yeah. We got another show, another several signings under the belt. Season's Correct. coming closer. Train camp's coming closer, so we're going to be doing cutdowns. Mm-hmm. Much soon, you know. Remember, we gotta get to that uh, twenty-five man roster there. So, yes. 
I mean, that's not there yet, but not, nonetheless. Let's no. talk power rankings, shall we? All right. How do you want to do this? From six to one or one to six? Six to one. Let's add, let's okay. make it one suspenseful. Okay. Uh, my number six, I know we, we were praising him earlier in the show, but unfortunately, uh, number six is still the San Antonio Gunslingers. Um, but you're you're getting close to the number five seat, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But Pendell's a great addition. You got Phil Barnett there. And you got a guy named Brooks that I've, I've seen in the AAL highlights from last year. Guy can make some plays. They have a couple other guys that I've noticed have NAL experience and arena experience. So they're going to be very competitive. I'm not, yeah, you can be number six in this power ranking and you still might win five games. And I think this league is going to be very competitive. And I honestly believe that we're going to be in like week 12 and have a scenario where no team is clinched a playoff spot. We can potentially have that type of season. So my number six is the San Antonio Gunslingers, unfortunately. Uh, I, I am also doing that. Again, it's uncertainty. David Pindell going there does boost it for me. I'll give you that. Um, I think that was a good pickup. And I'm and I'm still trying to figure out, you know, where you know, how much more I can get out of looking into San Antonio from last year too. So I'm trying to do my due diligence. I get that. Mm-hmm. I'm just basing my rankings off of what's the rest of the league got that I know more concretely and mm-hmm. that has been in these higher up top higher tier leagues. Remember the, the gunslingers are coming from the AL. It doesn't mean that that you should expect that fully, but I'm just saying that, you know, if you have certain certain town pools from the IFL that have been the, been in that ring and they're, they're coming down to the NAL or their NAL, you know, cornerstones and many mm-hmm. of the other teams, I'm going to give them a little more preference. That's what I'm doing right here. Correct. Until I'm proven wrong, which I will gladly eat my crow during the season. But right now, yeah. I got to put him at six. And it's mostly the uncertainty factor, you know, just trying to feel this out. Simple as that. All right. So, Santoni both. What do you think right now, based on their roster, their win total, in your opinion? In terms of wins? Mm hmm. Um, I say four and eight right now because I think Fidel gives them at least four wins. I think I'll, I'll be generous. I'll give them, a, I'll give them five and seven. Oh, that's that's impressive. That's not bad. Seven, that, that's um, toying with the postseason. That's toying with the four seed. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think yeah. I mean, we saw last year it's possible to get to that. Yeah. You know, if you have a top-heavy league, like trust me, with at least Albany and Columbus, it's going to be possibly top-heavy again. You know, just two teams sucking up all the oxygen in the room, probably <laughs> with, with all the wins. So it's possible. Five and seven, yeah. you can. Po- I mean, Jersey almost got in last year with that, and. They were extremely hot and cold all the way till the bitter end. So Yeah, Jacksonville almost made it, and we didn't even belong in that conversation. <laughs> well, I mean, last is Jeffer, Jonathan Bain was there. Yeah. You know, you, you were at you had Albany, you know, trying to preserve itself for the playoffs. You're close. You were the chosen one, Bain. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's with your – now he's on the other – on the sister team, essentially, Yeah, we call that. So <laughs> – but so yeah. let's go. Let's go to number five, and this is my opinion where it gets a little clustered. I think I'm not bashing San Antonio, but I think the next five picks, the remaining five teams, are a lot closer to each other, where it could be flip flopped like e- very easily, um, based on maybe a move here. Um, but these are rosters from five to one. We know very well um, because we cover the league. Um, my number five is uh, they are tribals from down south in the state of Florida down I-4, that's the Orlando Predators. Um, 
the reason why I have them at number five is I think their the mindset that they have right now, I think they have a good special teams. E.J. Hilliard, in my opinion, is going to be very impressive. And I think Jacksonville and Orlando, I think these two teams, and you can maybe throw Carolina in there, uh, they're going to be flip-flopping all year. Uh, there's going to be one week where Jacksonville's the four and Orlando's the three and Carolina or Columbus is the five. They'll be flipping everywhere because I think these teams are very – these next three teams for me are very even. Yeah, uh, I have Orlando because – I just look at that roster and I'm going, you got Max, you got a, a fullback slash linebacker, a Maxwell. That's just Des, Desmond Maxwell, I think, is very underrated. One of the better linebackers slash fullbacks in the league. Uh, you have laugh, uh, I almost said laugh now, excuse me. You had uh, uh, Lonnie Outlaw, uh, who is a yep. damn good receiver back from the Philadelphia Soul. And plus, he, him and Columbus and his antics on inside the lines, you got to love Outlaw. Uh, he's one of my favorite receivers in the league. And you look at the team, the kicker. You have a weapon as a kicker. If you have a weapon as a kicker, you're going to be good. I have Orlando right now as number five. But I have Orlando as a team that's six wins. That's six and six, 20 wins seven, because I've done a lot of league simulations. Or simulations. Or go again. Simulations, not simulations. Um, and Orlando is always somehow in every single, you know, version of the, of the simulation is seven wins. Six wins, nothing less, nothing more. And I think that might be right, right there around mm-hmm. seven to five and six and six. And that could be a four seed, possibly a three seed, depending on everything else. But Orlando's going to be the team from last year where they're going to have games you go, what are you doing? You're going to have games you go, damn, that's a good defense. That's a good offense. Because we saw that. We saw even in eight-week season last year, we saw both of those stories in Orlando. And I think Orlando is going to be the same way. I think it's going to be very competitive. And I got my number five right now just on their roster. Now, if they get some other additions from what I've been hearing, might change our next power. But right now, I have a number five. Yeah, they're making it – I also have them at five, but they're making it harder for me every every new signing mm-hmm. for me to keep them there. I almost want to flip them in Jacksonville right now. Ooh, spoiler alert, by the way. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but I just, I don't know, like Hilliard, the more I look into him, the more I'm like, I love the, I like the signing there. Cato is the backup is another, is someone that you can have quality if you need to switch out and receiving core, you know, Paris Mack, I really did like the signing as an, as a yeah. dual player, you know, Lonnie outlaw. I was already excited for that too. You know, Larry Beavers being there as well. You know, Desmond Maxwell, I've been high on Desmond Maxwell ever since I got to talk to the guy in person. Fan of the show. Fan of the the show. Yeah. I mean, dude's great. And he's a he's very much a like I'm just excited to get my chance to do this setup with Iron Man, you know, but underrated as a fullback, guy has uh guy has wheels for his size. And we saw last year. He gets an open space, he can take off. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, I know. I've seen it twice against Jackson the last That's year. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So I'm saying Hey, like... there's Devin Maxwell. And then we, oh. we can't I mean, there he goes. We, That's we, we can't forget, you know, the secondary for Orlando is going to be back too. You know, Jenkins and Fuentes are going to lock it down. You know, yeah. I like I I liked what they did for Orlando last year. They made them a great they made a great team. They're going to be in a lot of games. Um, and I say I, again, I think Predators is going to be hard for me to keep them at five because I think they brought a lot of key guys back. And even though they lost some of their offensive pieces, they retooled to where I'm like, okay, I see what you're doing mm-hmm. here. I can't complain, you know? Yeah. And what's going to be unique is that first week game when they go to San Antonio. So when we look at our, like, our, that power rank in five, six, if 
we think, me and you believe what Orlando could be. I know San Antonio's being hyped and getting, you know, got to have more than Barnett and Fendel mm-hmm. to be an Orlando team. And that could be a sign that Orlando, honestly, can I kind of say this? I think Orlando is dark horse to win it all in this whole league. Ooh. <laughs> so I'm just saying that's that's how tough, that's how I'm so stoked for this season is because all these teams in the league besides San Antonio right now, because it's still a lot of questions about San Antonio. They can all win it. They can all. They all have talent on their team. They all have quarterbacks on their team to win it all. Orlando, it's just that predator nature, man. That's just that Higgins. He did something as a coordinator last year that made Orlando that team in the second half that you didn't want to play. They were that three seed that you did not want to play. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. they ran into a buzzsaw called Mason Espinosa. Uh, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> that happens a lot. But yeah, I. That, yeah, spoiler alert. I think they're dark horse. To win it all, and if things fall their way, possible. Um, but right now, for me, I have my five. You have five. So we both agreed about Orlando. They have the squad. They really yeah, do. Part for the course so far. I, I did tease my four. Oh, you're, you're, yeah. Uh, I've I've praised this praised this team a lot. We have a lot of fans. We have a couple of owners that love us. Coaches have talked to us. This is going to shock people. My number four is the Columbus Lions. What? Here's the reason why. Here's the reason why. You got Mason, best quarterback in the league. You have, you know, Desmond Reese. You have Jermon Fortson. You have some key people, and you got Craig DeLeg. There's a lot of question marks on that defensive side of the ball still. That's the only reason. Right now, their offense is going to match up with anybody. Mason back there is going to match up with anybody. Like I said previously, the next three teams on my list, you can flop them because they're that even. Like literally flip them a coin, that's who I'll pick for that week. Am I saying that Columbus is going to finish fourth in the standings at the end of the year? No, I don't think so. Do I think they're going to be a team that's going to host home field for the first round? Most likely. But yeah, but right now this is based on rosters. We don't know what they look like in the gameplay yet. And there's a key factor. How are these coaches are going to do the Ironman substitution stuff? That's also a big issue. Um, but, yeah, I have Columbus at number four. Now, if it was based off quarterback rankings, no. The Columbus, Columbus is literally number one um, because of, you know, Mason. But right now, by just offense, if you did offense rankings, they're top two, in my opinion. But defense, still question marks on that side. But I think Columbus is that type of team. And I will not be surprised if, Mason finally hosts the trophy again. And if he does win a championship, I better be the first damn one to give him the interview. Or me and you should be there. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, Chris Kickfreak. No. We wanted this man to win it from day one. We're interviewing. Uh, right when he's holding his trophy. Now nah, still a trophy and just haul ass with it. But so you, you still can't get the trophy of Columbus. But yeah. Um, yeah, I have a Columbus at four. But this is the type of situation I could tell you right now. Columbus is not missing the playoffs. They're making the postseason no matter what. Um, but I have them at four right now, just based on their offensive side of the ball. Defense still main questions. In my sure, I'm. You know what? I mean, I I can't argue with that. I'm going to hold off my discussion on where I have in Columbus for a little later. Okay. Um, but I will discuss why I got Jacksonville at four. Nice um, shot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I I look. I I think that they're retooling to be a playoff team this year. Obviously, as you've said, they're not going to miss the playoffs again. So. No. They were definitely going to build up Warren Smith, you know, definitely 
you know, underrated last year and is one that's been a consistent top threat, at least in the NAL for some time. You know, won an MVP for crying out loud in the 2017 NAL at one point. So, you know, dude's a, dude's a great passer. He's got he's got some key weapons back, like Devin Wilson, of course. We'll thank him on the opposite side, too. Um, I liked seeing Kenny Veal getting back this week. I think that gave me a boost of confidence, which is why I still have him a bit over Orlando. But I think, again, that's making it – Orlando's making it hard for me to not put – put Jacksonville at five right now. Um, I, I I don't see Jacksonville better than the top three that I have of the remaining, just when it comes to Carolina, Columbus and Albany, like Albany and Carolina, they just have more star power. That's been stacked up. I'm going to be Frank Columbus, which I'll eventually add into my argument on this. They're just building their team like a Ironman team. And that's why they're higher up, you know, Jacksonville, I'm like, okay, they made some retools, but they did lose a few pieces, mm-hmm. and I, I want to see how that pan, how this pans out together. Simple as that. You know, I think that they they'll win games. You know, I just don't know if they'll be top three in the NAL winning games. I think that they could be sneaking in winning games. Is how I see it in a tough six team league. Keep that in mind. You know, and they also get the benefit of the doubt of the two extra games. That's true. Yeah. You have to also worry about fatigue with that. Correct. You know? They don't have a bye week. Them and Caroline do not have a bye week this season. It's straight 14-week season for them, plus I, playoffs. Jesus, I still – I get that, you know, that was kind of a schedule thing when that happened, but, like, geez, I still cannot sit here and go, man, you used to have week after week beating yourself up, and then you mm-hmm. got two teams – you got four other teams in the league going, yeah, we got two bye weeks, no big deal. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll heal up our guys. It's all good. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> It happens. All right, so you have San Antonio, Orlando, Jacksonville. I have uh, San Antonio, Orlando, and Columbus. That is correct. So the next three picks, ladies and gentlemen, most likely for me and Zach, these teams are guaranteed going to be in the postseason this year. Um, for me, number three, no shock, the Jacksonville Sharks. Ah. And basically it's the same thing as you said. But there's two guys on this Jacksonville Sharks team that no one are talking about. Well, maybe because we're the only team, podcast that talks about the league. <laughs> that we're not talking about. Um, uh, Naquan Murray is a wide receiver that they just got uh, mm-hmm. off the uh, free agency a couple of months ago. And Rob Johnson, or Rob Jones. Yes. A wide receiver who he played in Orlando, but he made his name with the New York streets. He was a National Arena League all-time leading receiver or all-time receiver that year. Yeah, I remember you messaged yeah. me about that one. You got really pumped up about him. I saw him, I'm like, and I was like, oh, crap. I, I thought he went to the IFL or CIF. No, he was in Orlando, had an injury in Orlando, so he's with the Jacksonville Sharks. And another guy that is that possibly no one's talking about is the linebacker slash fullback that we signed of Anthony Johnson. You may know him from the Seattle Dragons. Uh, he, he's a pretty good beast. And of course, I think Jacksonville has probably the best quarterback room in the league. You have Warren Smith Jr. and you have Malik Henry that has great experience in the as a backup that can come into a game and the team will not miss a beat. So you won't see likes of um, Connor Kagey and Danny Southwick and people getting thrown in there in the last second uh, to establish something. So Jacksonville have more established uh, base, but Jacksonville has beefed up their defense, in my opinion, with Veal. Uh, who is NAL vet. He's good. He he basically, I want to say, when he played for Carolina, he's the reason why 
they won the championship. He had some key picks in 20, uh, 2018. Plus, he was paired up with Mishon Robinson in Carolina. So that was a, it's a hell of a DB core when you have Mishon and uh, Veal. Uh, but Jackson, in my opinion, the uh, defensive side of the ball got a little beefed up. I think, like what you said, they're, they, uh, they've built this team to make the playoffs. Are they building this team to win a championship? Well, your goal is to make the playoffs, get in the tournament, anything can happen, especially in the rainy game. But right now, from what they had last year, the disgrace that was last season, uh, Jackson was like, no, we ain't doing that. We are going to be a postseason team, and it starts with the, this roster. And they're being kind of conservative with the, with the signings, too. They're not going after big players, big signings. There's still a couple of receivers out there that played last year in the NAL that haven't been signed yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, some ve- some veterans like Joe Hillis is one of them. Um, so there's still people out there. But for right now, if the season started today, I think Jacksonville is a seven-win team. So seven-seven, possibly six and eight. But right now, based on roster size and just based on two couple additions on defense, is the reason why they're better Columbus in my power ranking. Now, if they play on the field, they play three times, two times in Columbus this year. I say Columbus wins the series two games two games to one. Um, mm-hmm. right now, based on the, the performance. So okay. I got Jacksonville number three, but overall season performance, I still think Jacksonville's gonna finish below Columbus in this overall standings as of right now. Not bad. Not bad enough. Uh number three for me here. I've got Carolina. Ooh. Yes. I this is where we're getting into like I think the heavy hitters. Um because I'm gonna see much like last year, I see the NAL going to be very top-heavy to where you'll have a losing record team jump in at that four. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Carolina's going to be a winning record team. It won't be like Orlando last year where they split even. Um, I think you're going to see somewhere along the lines of they'll finish like eight and six. Mm-hmm. But this is, you know, we talk about momentum, like how Coach Rez is taking, I'm going to take that investing in my in free agent signings kind of setup I had at the end of the year to get me in the playoffs. I'm just going to make a good roster or roster that looks great on paper out of the gate. Yeah. And that has plenty of talent to resort to out of the gate. I mean, especially talk about line play in particular. I mean, they got a Derek Ziegler out there who is first team all NAL to 2018 and 19 who's coming into this roster. So one of the biggest problems with them last season up until they shorted up line issues. Good to have that set up. Not to mention they have components. We're talking about Jonathan Bain already. DJ Myers going over there. You know, you have folks like Kendrick Ings, you know, return specialist he is as well as receiving. You know, Donovan Raspberry going to come over there too. If we're talking in the defensive section, Joe Powell should be healthy this year. You know, Mm -hmm. Chris Page coming over from Orlando. is going to be in there too this year, shoring up that secondary. There's a lot of key talent. I think... I talk about strategy of rotating guys around in those lines or Carolina is one of those teams. That if I'm guessing that's what they're doing, this is a very much like we're figuring and choosing who comes in and out where type of team, a lot of star talents, but they're going to have to make decisions on how they rotate this roster in and out and how they adjust things on the fly. Not to mention what well, we're talking weapons, TC Stevens again, coming yep. back as well, you know, NAL, all NAL kicker in his own right. They have a lot of talent here. I think that to me it comes down to the strategy and also the fact that you have another team in Albany that's doing what I imagine is the same deal with even more of that you know, high brand recognition talent that they're doing it with. Um, that's why there's three. They're going to be better seated this year. I just want to see how this plant pans out because they're building the roster very much like it's traditional NAL, not 
looking like an Iron Man team? Yeah. We'll find out how they do it. Because I don't see many split position guys on this roster. I'm being honest, Jim. It's a lot of specialty one position guys. And that could change. Yeah. That yeah. could change. Yeah, I'm so I'm, uh, I'm just going to jump to number two for me because number two for me is the Carolina Cobras. Okay. Basically, what you just said is exactly what I was going to say. Okay. Um, that offense, in my opinion, is going to be freaking legit. Jonathan Bain, he's been he when he played for the Maine Mammoths. That man lit up lit up everything in Maine. I think missed the playoffs. I think by tiebreaker, they, that's the reason why they didn't get in. Um, he lit it up there. He went to Jacksonville and lit it up there too. And just not the last game of last season, but still. Right. Um, Jonathan Bay, in my opinion, with Myers and Kinger Ings and an other addition of like Joel Powell can either play DB or receiver. So he can, he's going to be a guy that's going to play both positions. I think that's what he has on the, on the roster. Um, but if you look at the Carolina uh, uh, all, overall, uh, Coach Rez is building up that defense and he already has his offense established. Mm-hmm. One thing that hurt Carolina last year was the turnover bug. And that's true. I think Coach Rez is like, we're not dealing with that. We're bringing in a veteran receiver. We're going to bring in a veteran quarterback who's been in just not just the NAL, but Arena Leagues and the style of the Arena League. Um, Rez is like, I've built a championship team. I'm going to build a championship team here. We have 14 weeks. Let's see if we can get the eight wins or 10 wins. Like, I, I agree with you. I think Carolina will have uh, a win total of 10 wins or eight to 10 wins. I think they have okay. that type of team. Because uh, they play 14 games, so uh, they're going. They're going. They have four games against Jacksonville, and if Jack, based on, I could say Carolina wins three of the four. Possibly they split, but Jacksonville, my or Carolina, in my opinion, they how their rosters. Big. I've been on them big all year long, and I still am. I still think they have probably one of the better, the one better, the or one of the best rosters in the league. And like in every single arena league is going to come down to quarterback play. And it's Jonathan Bain is capable of hosting the trophy and be Carolina's second trophy in the NL. And I think they do have the team to do it. And that's why I have him at number two. I have them going, have them going nine wins. I think there are nine and five type of team this year. And that, that'll be winning percentage battle between them and Columbus who gets the two seed. But that two and three matchup, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be Jackson. Oh, it's going to be Carolina and Columbus. It's going to be a hell of a matchup in the playoffs. Yeah, it will be. I, geez, I didn't even mention the running, the linebacking course. I mentioned shorts. Remember Zach Brown's with the Carolina Oh, yeah. Columbus I forgot about too. Zach Brown. Yeah. Oh, you know. You know. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a former uh, Georgia Firebird. We don't want to talk about that team. And, but he is also a former Jackson Shark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He actually, it was fun. It was kind of interesting when he he actually signed off it's like don't worry fans i'm just going over to a different team this year but you know it was like it was like it was like trying he to said that one of, he, he he said that one of this chat room, right uh say again he said it one of the chat right yeah he said in one of our in one of our one of the facebook groups that we're in oh okay yeah yeah it's <laughs> like oh i'm not leaving i'm just going to never team. i was like but you're leaving jackson uh, <laughs> oh yeah there it is <laughs> my, my number two is columbus and I'm going to I'm going to elaborate more on my point that they're building like an Iron Man team. You know, I, I think that that's kind of 
as we talk more and more about going into the season, you know, Iron Man rules, I think are going to change a lot of things on, they definitely will be for strategy, but yeah. team building was what I was curious to see. Columbus is doing what I was wondering if they would do, which is kind of not only, of course, look at budgeting out who is going to fit in, you know, uh, but also who's going to fit the Iron Man scheme better in mm-hmm. terms of the NAL, you know, and they definitely, if we're looking at their roster, you have a lot of guys, you know, that are des- designated as the two way starters, you know, and again, this could change. It could be technicality based on how mm-hmm. they, of course, the league is listed out transactions and all that. I know that that's up especially how the league, the especially how the league is supposed to sign. You, you have to have these many players under con- on contract, a contract, contract. Yep. To them going to training camp, and that's when you decide if they are that two way player or they're going to be that special. I, I think that's debatable. I think that's up to coaches' discretion on what positions they play. Of course, I, that that is you're entirely right. But I mean. A lot of their signings so far have been the have been two way guys that are like we're we're gonna get these we're gonna get them mm-hmm. underneath and we're gonna have them fight. You know, we got guys like Rodney Hall that are gonna be doing two two way. I believe I saw one of the signings. Uh, Maurice, I think Maurice Leggett. You're gonna see on there. And I was glad to get him as a key piece coming back back there. Mason Espinosa, of course, was happy to get them too. Uh, Desmond Reese, you imagine, will get a much more greater role. Corey Crawford coming back coming back was a nice signing for fullback, and he'll be playing defensive line from the looks of it as well. Craig Peterson, as we talked about, you know, yep. shoring that up. You know, I think that they're building, you know, they still have some pieces to go up. Ken Washington, I'll even add on that too. But nonetheless, they're building a roster that has folks that are designed to go two-way, less about, having to juggle the rules and who's in, who's out, who's dead is what, it's, is what it's looking like. And that, to me, I think you're going to get possibly, A, a better a better trained team for this setup that you can say, you know, it might not be star power that leads the way, but it's one that's more built to succeed as a unit. Yeah. Um, two, you know, I think that, you know, it definitely will take – it takes more advantage of the Iron Man setup, of course. So, you know – uh, I'll even add on like Kevante Pope, another one that's been listed two-way starter too. That I think has got that's gotten some praise from people. You know, that's where I've got it. You know, Iron Man is what I'm is a, if I'm leaning into a team that's built for the setup and the new league rule scheme. That's why they're two. Jason Gibson's just also a damn good coach. Yeah, guy he is. Gets, guy gets his players ready. Columbus has been one of the marquee organizations for years, either outside the NAL or in when they found help found it. They just haven't gotten the championship yet, but I mean, they're setting themselves up. I think you they're know, they a winning organization. They're, well, yes, they're one of the most winningest yeah. organizations in the league. You know, mm-hmm. you can't deny that. They're setting themselves up. I think they're gearing with the rule set to be in their favor to try and make a run to get their first NAL championship. I think this is the way they want to build. They want to be like, we'll take the best advantage of not having to fool around with all the mixed, confused who's in, out, and keeping track of our players we'll just have the best damn roster that's fit for this style right out of the gate. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I think what well, I've stated before, they go as far as Mason goes. And if yeah, Mason I, puts on a performance from last season, again, this season, I won't be surprised if they host a trophy. Mm-hmm. I, I've that's, got them nine and three. That's my record for them this year. Not bad. Like yeah. I, I, I have them playing with them in Carolina. are going to be bouncing back and forth to the two and the three all season. And like what you said, the top three in this league are basically like they'll have last year. 
the top two ran really the league and it was just a top heavy league while the bottom three just can we find a way to just sneak in to be that four C? Can we be that Cinderella story? Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I think those top three teams, um, Carolina and Columbus, uh, plus not shocker me, you both have the number one, and that is the Albany Empire or yeah, Albany I mean, Empire. We both have them with that. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to just tell you three reasons why I have Albany as number one. Uh, Dylon, Dylon. <laughs> not gonna be like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I'm not gonna do that. Um, uh, three reasons why I have Albany number one. No, they don't have a kicker, you know, but we're not gonna give Manas any intense content to go after, um, because we do know he listens to the show. Um, uh, number here's three, here's three, three reasons why. Uh, Antoine Grant, uh, Darius Prince, uh, Jordan Williamson, that receiving core. They basically loaded up. I think a lot. Is it Laughing House on the roster too? No, Laughing House went to Billings. He's in the. Oh, Billings. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I thought I saw something, but you still those three receivers right there. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, you have a uh, Mike Faithful, who is a NAL championship quarterback. Uh, recently played in Albany uh, under the Empire. He was a backup to Brady, so he knows the system. And Manas, we love Manas. No, we know how Albany is, but you look at their overall roster, you just take away the kicker because they don't have one yet. They're basically bringing back everybody of no. note besides Malachi Jones. There's and Schwartz, of course, who went to Carolina. But that team is loaded, bro. I think they retooled even to where I'm like, how did they get more people on paper where I'm like, they look better, you know? And credit, this is this is again strategy based on what I'm seeing. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of mix, switching up the sheets and finding out yeah. who's going to be able to maximize their time. But how you know? do you lose Tommy Brady, but your roster gets better? Well, yeah, they got faithful, but like Grant, they, so Grant, they have listed as a two way, like out of the, all the specialties, I'm surprised he's, he's gonna already play, listed as he's going to play the Mac. Most likely. Yeah, I would think so. Um, but think of like other guys they have from last year. Arthur Hobbs is back. Kenneth Magruder, mm-hmm. who's already back. They got Dwayne Hollis. They, yeah. who, had a, who we already know is a stud in arena leagues and did a yeah. solid job with you know the flight last year and, of course, is well-known for his time with the soul. Now he's going to be here and playing for Albany. You know? And they have a good a jack linebacker, too. I think it's right. Nick, who used to play for the Jersey flight. Mm-hmm. So still, they have – they brought dudes back. Yeah, Nick, uh, Hag, Nick Hag is who you're talking yeah. about. Like, I've actually stayed on the show or – that Nick was one of the most underrated linebackers in the league last year. Mm-hmm. And well, yeah, we'll talk about linebacking cores. Like last year, I thought him and Zach Mesday, you know, both mm-hmm. did a great job over there with Jersey, you know, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm just seriously like they, like they brought a lot of their guys that I'm like familiar with back or retooled, you know, I mean, for crying out loud, they have like Jared Dangerfield and Desmond Epps are on this roster, according to this. And I'm like, how do you keep these guys? Are you gonna rot? Are you gonna seriously rotate like one of the like just keep rotating out? Like I know Prince will get that designation as the specialist. There's no question about it. Him and Faith. and the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. You just gonna you just gonna start like maybe you have Grant over there, but your third receiver you just swap out like during the halves. Dangerfield's there, and it's like oh, Epps the next half, no big deal. He'll get his. I time. think it's I think it's quarter. If you it, if you swap out in quarter, you don't play that quarter. You can come back the next quarter. Mm. I think that's how. So. You're going to have Epps in Dangerfield most likely first quarter, second quarter, first quarter, second quarter. 
Right. And see, that's the strategy I want to watch play out. Cause like their roster's built where it's a lot of guys you're going to be seeing, like, we're just going to flip them. Of in. course. Like, you know? we, like I stated earlier yeah. in the show, they, they're building their roster. Like we don't care. You have to stop us. Oh yeah. Tevin Homer's back, by the way. Just, oh. just throw that one in there too. Like you seriously, he's going to, he's going to be a defensive it. specialist. I think. Maybe, I mean, maybe like Magruder's a all, t- all NAL guy though. And yeah. He, he could be the specialist. Hollis's could be the specialist. Like, like what you just said. They got better. How do you lose Tommy Grady and get better? I don't know. I mean, Manasses, Manas will be able to navigate this. I think they're just number one because there's so much. Like, even if they have to do this rotation style mm-hmm. of it rather than doing just strict all Iron Men, yeah, they have so many people they can go to as long as people are somewhat on the same page it's going to be kind of hard to slow that down. Yeah. Like I've like, I've watched a lot of NAL games last year, man. The complete obliteration that Albany did. You go like all these teams were low last year and they did this mm-hmm. this year. All these teams are even better. And you look at Albany go and Albany's just there smoking a cigar. Like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Come like, to the capital region. Let's have some fun. Uh, it's it's, but honestly, like any team, it's a quarterback play. Mike Faithful is very capable of being the top tier quarterback in this league. He is coming back from an injury in his name. Question is, as we said in the rankings, power power rankings for the QBs. Sam Castronova kind of holds them back in the rankings. But I have did see videos of Castronova in other games, just not in Carolina. Guy can sling it. So mm-hmm. Manas sees something Castronova. And knowing, Castro, knowing Manas, and we've talked to him multiple times, I think he's – there's a mindset in this Albany team, no matter who is behind center, if it's Mike Fable or, uh, or Castronova, that mindset is like we don't care. We're going. Our goal is to score eighty points on you. You don't want to stop us. I think too. You there. So last year, you know, we had COVID restrictions in mm-hmm. Albany. That of course slowed down people getting into getting into the stands. I mean, even like playoff time, they had mm-hmm. you know COVID restrictions. They loosened and they came right back up when they got their. I believe it was their their semifinal. They had them reinstituted. I think it was. Yeah. And so it's like. This year, they're like, look, we won a championship. We are going to put our best out there again to make you say, hey, come back and support us. We are the empire that you loved back in the AFL, and it should be opened up completely. No excuses, Mm -hmm. no questions asked. Let's get some butts and seats and make this place rockin' and make make it even louder, one of the top spots still in the league you know, that we know it can be. I, that's what I'm seeing here. You know, not only roster wise, promotion wise, that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, they know now, if, if, if we want to do like, uh, like power rankings for social media. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a, you could do a whole thing like that. You know, they're, they're, they're bringing out things every single day. And that's, that's what I love to see. I love seeing Levesque interview Darius Prince. I love seeing interviews that you see the Coach Moss. They have one for Faithful. Just drop on their YouTube page and Twitter account. So people go follow them. Orlando's dropping stuff every single day now. Yeah. Carolina is every other day. Jackson's the same thing. 
Um, San Antonio's mostly just a Facebook, but they're doing a good job. So you can tell that the social media side of things of the NAL are starting to pick up. That's one thing I have a gripe about. Got to do it all year. Just can't do it during our season. It's some teams I think are get are having it rub off. So like that yeah. we're we've st- we stressed it last year. We're gonna keep doing it this year, obviously. Mm-hmm. But like uh, I mean, hey, Jeff, Jeff Levac, like his background is kind of more entertainment related. Yeah, you know, he's team president, but you know he knows what you need to get some eyeballs on yeah. this. You know, but so, and one thing and one thing to the listeners that are listening to our podcast on YouTube. Hello, YouTubers. Uh, kind of late towards the end of the show. And bar people are listening to podcasts. Um, call your local team. Get tickets. Tickets are on sale now. Single game tickets from a lot of teams. I think Orlando and San Antonio are not doing single game tickets right now. But I know Jacksonville, Carolina, Albany, and uh, Jacksonville, Carolina, Albany, and Columbus are doing single tickets. Now, get your tickets now. Cheap family fun. Possibly you may run into in Zach in these games, um, especially in the tent outside of possible um but yeah trying (laughs) but uh but support the league man uh get your tickets now i don't know the numbers if so i will give you the numbers uh the call but usually you go to nationalarenaleague.com go to tickets to your favorite team get tickets go enjoy a nice weekend and enjoy the game you'll fall in love with it like i did about 15 years ago damn right i'll find a way to make it to a game that's the thing with being in indianapolis i'm like all the teams are on the coast, so I'm like, mm-hmm. great, not an ideal spot, but we'll find a way. Yeah. We'll get, we'll find one of them. I, I've already, I've debated already two, two of the places. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll get down there. Yeah. You know, um, Jim, I don't know about you. I think that's about it. Yeah, that's that's. Um, uh, again, we're apologized by not having Jonathan Bain this week, but we will get him in and. Possibly have a surprise other episode this week. Possibly if we get a hold of him, we mm-hmm. may drop just an interview by itself. Um, but overall, that's the that's the news. News is picking up in the National Arena League a lot. So keep up to date with National Arena League news um, by official sources. Uh, you can follow in Walls Pod on all social media platforms. You can send us a DM. We might tell you what's going on. Uh, we're very friendly. Yeah. Um, so like I said, with a lot of people out there. If you hear rumors about the National Arena League and our Twitter's not going off about it, saying official or hashtag breaking, then no, it, it's most likely not true. Or we may jump break news and the NAL will get mad at us because we broke the news, then it's true. Um, like Mason Espinosa, for instance. Now, they didn't like us dropping the news, breaking the news too early. Um, but yeah, uh, follow Inwalls Pod on all social media platforms for update news, information about the National Arena League and I, I, Zach, I think we have to finally make the announcement about it uh, to the listeners and to our followers that listen to uh, follow the indoor game in, inside the, uh, for indoor indoor football league and the championship indoor football. Mm-hmm. Um, me and Zach have pretty much kind of decided that we're sticking with the national. Yeah, I mean that's kind of might as well get that out in the open. There. Yeah. Um, it, it's no offense to those that like those leagues. I, I trust me. I. I'm de- I'll 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 be the first to tell you I'm bullish on the CIF being being frank, um, mm-hmm. but I think that you know we just we we like the NAL we like are the connections in the NAL that we talk talk with we like the style and brand of play, and you know we feel like it's best to have a make a better show by focusing in on, on that one, one league. league. I I will tell you I'm I worry about watering down my own. 
takes on leagues with mm-hmm. i mean I, I post on so i put on social my bio is i do too many shows i sometimes worry about that you know mm-hmm. i so this is one of those things i'd like to keep a focus i think we discussed that off show we want to keep that focus on what's going on with this you know i know not everyone it's not everyone's cup of tea i feel that we, we welcome you all in all the same but nal is kind of where we're sticking with just mm-hmm. being frank and just so so people have messaged us about you guys doing some IFL coverage. We might bring up stuff like, did you see this game or this play or something? Right. We we don't hate the game at IFL. It's just that over the last six months, really, or the last couple of months, uh, we've had some really deep connections, communications with everyone in the National League. And the people who listen to us from the league itself and from, our, from the six teams, they want us to stick with the National League. So it's not we're not we're not obligated to them. Um, but as for me who lives in Jacksonville, who goes to Jacksonville Shark Games, I prefer the arena game uh, more than the indoor game. There's a lot of things in the indoor game I'm like it really aggravates me, but I'll still watch it. Uh, but if you want to get source for the National Arena League, uh, go to nationalarenaleague.com or you can follow us on in Walls Pod. Uh, for up-to-date information of the National Arena League. And we, we may talk about the IFL, but not during the season NAL. When it's the NAL season, our focus is on our ten organi- or the six organizations within the National Arena League, or seven, or eight, or ten, if we get the expansion franchises. No, that's not giving you hints. I'm just saying if there's expansion franchises. If we get to a league that's 14 teams or 16 teams, we won't have time to cover another two leagues. Hey, um, so right yeah, now, Jesus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as of right now, we're sticking with the National Rain League. So you can follow us at NWAS Pod. Uh, like, share, subscribe to our podcast. We have giveaways when we hit the milestone. And remember to prove it. Tell us, show us. Just show don't say, oh, we follow. No, you're going to have to, you know, DMM us your screenshots of you following your channels. If not, we'll know who you are because we'll see our channel too. Um, but yes, uh, for that, uh, Zach, I just want to say to the National Rain League family, Season two is basically here. We can say this is a season finale because the news is so rapid. Next month is season two of National, of Inside the Walls podcast. And just want to say thank you to everyone who's listened to our shows, downloaded our shows, 120 overall listens of the Mason episode last week. Incredible. Real love you. And all the people who have contacted us over last week saying, where have we been? We prom- I think we promised them back to <laughs> weekly shows. So that's my <laughs> fault probably. Uh, but, I mean, I think we're into that now. Like I said yeah, at the beginning, of the show, uh, we're into it now. So, damn it, this is season two. So this is episode yeah. twenty-five, end of season one. Next week's is the season premiere, and so next week's on Inside the Walls podcast, we're joined by the other two uh, psychopaths. No, I'm not talking about you, the Levecki guys. <laughs> but yeah, but Levecki guys will join us next week on Inside the Walls, talking Albany Empire football and. Just football in general. It's going to be a great conversation. So I'm looking forward to a great show. Thank you for the support, people. Oh, I'm definitely excited to talk to talk to those two. Be sure to sub on our YouTube page again. We want to we want to definitely do those giveaways. Uh, first one's 100 subs. So we're a quarter of the way there. Hopefully getting there sooner rather than later, trying to get there before the start of the season. So that would be mm-hmm. really nice if we could do that. Um, beyond that, follow us on social, like Jim said, and uh, we'll be back next week. Um, for my partner, Jim Renier, I'm Zach Common saying so long. Remember one thing, though, before we end this show, we got to always give one last bit of advice. 
Don't be a jack out of the box. <laughs> uh, that never get that never gets old, Jim. <laughs> yeah, that never gets old. So Mason, when you play two ways, don't be the jack out of the box. I will laugh at you, man. Just say. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned, folks. 